Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Min Dong. I'm Matt Giglio. There are currently 192 days until the 2020-2021 college basketball season begins. Yeah, um, time's definitely going by fast. Um, how has your quarantine been? Uh, it's been same old. I mean, news news is hopefully getting better. I mean, I mean, like I said, hopefully some things are starting up soon, but others have been canceled, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's start off with some breaking news. Marcus Santos Silva, um, probably the best grad transfer left on the market, has committed to Texas Tech and will be eligible immediately. Um, is this a good get for Chris Beard? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a very good get. I mean, Texas Tech's been needing a big man for a couple of years now, and I think Santos Silva's that guy. I mean, Texas Tech's going to be a very good team next year. They've gotten a couple of transfers coming in, Jamarius Burton, Marco Santos Silva, to name the top of the few. And, um, yeah, I mean, I like Texas Tech a lot coming into next year. I mean, they got a lot of pieces coming back. They got a ton of new pieces coming in, and I think they're going to be a very good team next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chris Beard is a – is pretty good with handling grad transfers. He, he was brought two into the NBA, Matt Mooney and Tariq Owens, um, two grad transfers that went to Texas Tech and are now in the NBA. So hopefully Santa Silva will be the next grad transfer Chris Beard brings into the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he has a skill set to be NBA ready, but I think this year at Texas Tech will definitely determine his readiness for the incoming year. Our last piece of breaking news, Wake Forest has hired – East Tennessee State coach Steve Forbes. Is this a good get for a struggling program? Um, I think this is a very good get for them. I mean, Steve Forbes is a very good coach, and he's been at the mid-major level for uh, 10 or so years now, and he's definitely proven a lot with East Tennessee State. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's ready to get the jump, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do because Wake Forest is a very struggling team, like you said. I mean, uh, day after day, they keep getting transfers uh, going out of Wake Forest, and um, I think they're going to be a very interesting team next year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good get for them and Steve Forbes. Yeah, definitely. Um, Steve Forbes has um, been overdue for this type of job. Um, six seasons at East Tennessee State has not um, – has won 24 games or over all six seasons, and that's pretty good initially. But only time will tell. Um, Wake Forest probably the toughest job in the ACC currently. Um, you see at least five guys already transferring or decommitting from Wake Forest. So only time will tell if this is a good hire or not. But it's going to be a long rebuild for Wake Forest. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think Steve Forbes is happy with this job. I mean, I saw a report saying that the first thing he did when he walked into the gym was take one of the masks and spike it onto the court. So uh, either that's out of excitement or anger, but um, I'm pretty sure it's out of excitement. And I think he's going to be very excited to go when the season actually starts up. Yeah, um, let's get started with our main topic, our first round mock draft. Um, the order of the draft is uh, by record. So the Warriors had the worst record this year. So right now they are currently have the number one overall pick. Um, the draft lottery has been canceled. What is your opinion on the draft lottery being canceled and the combine? course yeah I mean I think this is the right decision for now especially if the NBA season actually resumes and gets pushed back which I'm hoping it does but once again we still don't know I mean I'd, I'd like to see the combine and lottery not get like postponed like this because I was actually looking forward to seeing who actually has the first pick and what people will do with the combine because in my opinion the combine is a very vital aspect when draft went before the draft because 
some people can move up in their stock and other people can really fall down their stock. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like disappointed that we have to wait and see uh, what happens in the combine and stuff like that. But um, I mean, I think this is the right decision overall, but I really just want to see the lottery and the combine as soon as possible. Yeah, definitely. Um, with the NBA unsure to start right now, this is definitely the right decision. Um, do you want to kick things off with your first overall pick? Uh, yeah, and um, just a side note, just uh, before we start, um, this does include traded picks, so um, not every team has a first-round pick, so you will see teams with duplicate uh, picks and some teams with three. Uh, Celtics have three right now, so uh, it's kind of exciting. But, uh, yeah, I will kick things off. Um, with the first overall pick, I have the Warriors selecting James Wiseman, uh, center, uh, half half year in Memphis. I'm not, I'm not giving him a full year. And uh, – I just think this is the right fit because I think the Warriors really need a center. And um, James Wise is probably the best center on the board, in my opinion. And I think he's a very good player. I mean, he at Memphis, he was doing amazing things. And um, he decided to – I mean, stuff happened with him, and he had to go take the professional route, and he did. And I think he'll be a very vital piece to this Warriors team in the future, and I think he's going to be ready for it. Yeah, for the first overall pick, I also had James Wiseman. Um, he's definitely the long-term answer at center for the Warriors. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein and Kevon Looney um, definitely aren't the long-term answer. And um, Warriors just need a, a center right now. And this, yeah, like you said, the best center available. Yeah, and if the Warriors get him in real life, that's that's just really sad because the Warriors are still a good team. Don't get me wrong. They still have – Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, who are probably the best three players on that team, and they're still very good players. And James Wiseman on that team is very scary. And I think if they select James Wiseman, the Warriors would probably be back in the playoffs unless something happened with injuries and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this would be very scary if they get James Wiseman. Definitely. All right. Uh, second pick, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers will be selecting Obi Toppin uh, forward out of Dayton for me. Um, I think the Cavs, it's no question that they need a big, and I think they, they, like, they need a lot of things, honestly, but I think a big, like a stretch, a stretch forward is probably what they need the most. Um, and I think Obi Toppin is probably the best stretch forward in this draft. I mean, we saw him play at Dayton. He is so athletic, and he can stretch the floor and shoot the ball. Um, he is 6'9", so I think, I think that he'll fit in this role very nicely, and I think the Cavs, Need they need a lot of things, but um, I just think primarily they need a forward more than they need a guard. So um, yeah, I'm taking Obi Toppin here. Um, for my second overall pick, I had Anthony Edwards. Um, the Cavs. Um, Anthony Edwards might not be the best defensive player, but he's just too talented to be passed up at second overall. So that's why I have him going to the Cavs at number two. Yeah, and um, I mean my third pick's kind of like that. Anthony Edwards not going to get passed up, so. With my third pick, I have the Atlanta Hawks selecting Anthony Edwards here. Um, I think Anthony Edwards is a very explosive player. And sorry, the Timberwolves, sorry. I meant to say the Timberwolves. Um, the Timberwolves, they do have they do have some guards, but I think Anthony Edwards can be a very explosive guard for this team. And um, I'll pro- I, in my opinion, I'd start him right away if I was the Timberwolves. And um, I think they need a guard more than they need a big because they have Cat. And, um, yeah, I think Evan Edwards is the best on the board for my, like, board right now. And, um, yeah, I have the Timberwolves taking him. Um, for the third overall pick, Timberwolves will be selecting the mellow ball for me. Again, he's just too talented to be passed up, and his ceiling is really high. So I have LaMelo at number three. 
Yeah. And um, after thinking about my fourth decision, which was the Atlanta Hawks, I kind of had some questions about it, um, but I'm going to keep him there. Uh, fourth, the Atlanta Hawks will take LaMelo Ball. He is a guard from Australia, Illawarra. Um, I do realize that this is probably an issue because Trey Young and LaMelo Ball are both ball-dominant heavy guards. But um, I think LaMelo Ball's shooting ability will move him at shooting guard, and he has this, he has the size for it. I mean, he's, he's a very tall guard, and um, he, he's a very good shooter. And um, I think two, those two will lack defensive uh, ability, but um, I think he's too good to be passed up at number four by the Hawks. Number four with the Hawks, I have Obi Topman out of Dayton. Um, definitely um, the Hawks are looking for NBA-ready guys, um, and he's definitely the most NBA-ready guy out of all these guys in the draft. So um, I think their window is, what, three to five years. They have three to five years to do something, and definitely Obi is the most NBA-ready guy, and he would definitely make an impact with the Hawks right away. Yeah, I mean, we, we have, like, the same, like, opinions, but our guys are just moved in different places. And um, I think that's an ongoing theme throughout this draft. And um, we see it at number five as well. Um, we both have the same guy. But uh, number five, the Detroit Pistons will be taking Denny Advija. Uh, he is a forward from Maccabi, Tel Aviv. Um, I personally don't know that much about him, but I do know one thing, that he is a forward and he can shoot threes um at Maccabi he he shot about 42 percent from three which is very good for a forward and um I think the Pistons need a lot of things and um I think if they get like a stretch four um maybe he'll play small forward but um yeah I mean he can shoot threes and I think the Pistons need that the most right now definitely um I I also had um Danny Avidija <laughs> um, in this uh number five um, definitely, the Pistons look like they're heading towards the rebuild with Blake Griffin just getting older. Derrick Rose, I don't know what's up with him. He's getting old as well. But he's definitely going to be the face of the franchise. And he's, yeah, he's a 6'9 guy who could shoot. He, he could do it all. So that's all I know. Yeah, and um, I'm excited to see him play in the NBA because, like I said, I've never seen him play before. I've just seen, like, highlights and stuff. So, um. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Um, coming in at number six, uh, I have the New York Knicks selecting Cole Anthony, a guard out of UNC. Um, there could be a lot of options here that the Knicks take, but regardless, they need a star point guard or guard. And um, I just think Cole Anthony is the best out of this list. I mean, he's a very explosive player. Uh, we saw him with a lot of good NBA-ready flashes at UNC, and he unfortunately had the injury. Um and the only reason that the Knicks might not take him is because of this injury. But um, I, th I still think Cole Anthony is a, a top 10 player in this draft. And um, I just think the Knicks will take him and run with it at number six. At number six, I have Killian Hayes. Um, his stock has definitely been going up. I've seen some guys uh, put Killian Hayes as the number one prospect in the draft. <laughs> but I think, I think um, they, the Knicks need some professionalism, something they haven't had the past couple of years and he definitely brings the professionalism. He's young. Uh, he's, his ceiling is definitely very high and I could see him leading the Knicks somewhere in five years from now. Yeah. And Killian Hayes kind of reminds me of a Luka Doncic coming into the draft. I mean, sure. It's not like the same player, but like it's the same kind of idea. I mean, he was a very good professional overseas player and he's kind of trying to make the jump to the NBA and 
he's very young, so he has a ton of potential, and I think he will be ready with that. And with that being said, um, at number eight, I have the Bulls taking Killian Hayes here. I mean, they do have Kobe White, so um, I'm not sure. I don't know. After thinking about it, I don't know if they would actually take him. But like you said, I think he's too good to be passed up on, and that's why I think the Bulls will take him here. Um, at number seven, I, I have the Bulls taking Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. Um, their wing depth is not really good. Um, their best wing is Otto Porter. Um, he's average at best. Um, Isaac Okoro is definitely a, a good player. He can guard multiple positions. He can shoot the three a little, and he's definitely going to help them in their wing issues. Yeah, and uh, moving on to number eight, uh, I have the Charlotte Hornets taking Oneka Ogonkwu, uh, center out of USC. Um, I think Ogonkwu is a very good player, and he's definitely raised his stock the past year at USC, and um, I think he is a top ten player now in this draft. And um, Prior to the year, no one really heard about him, but um, I think he's definitely proved a lot to these scouts. And um, the Hornets definitely need a big man. I mean, that's no question there. And um, I think Oneko Gunku is the second best center in this draft, and I think that's why the Hornets are taking here at number eight. Yeah, you kind of covered everything. I also had Ogonku um, at number eight to the Hornets as well. And yeah, you, like you said, he's the they need a center, and he's the best remaining center after Wiseman. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see what Ogunku does. I mean, I watched him at USC, and I, I liked his game a lot. And, um, yeah, I mean, Hornets are definitely a rebuilding team, uh, no question there. And um, I'm excited to see what they do in the future because they got a lot of young pieces, and they can definitely make a splash in the next couple of years with their young pieces if everything goes well. Um, coming in at number nine, I have the Washington Wizards selecting Isaac Okoro, uh, forward out of Auburn. Uh, you kind of touched him upon him a little, but um, – I think the Wizards do need a forward because they're very guard-heavy and they have an okay center in Thomas Bryant. But um, I think Isaac Coro is probably the best uh, selection for them. Um, he's a very athletic and defensive-minded forward, in my opinion. I, and I think him and Rory Hachimura can be a very lethal forward uh, duo for this Wizards team, and they're both very young. So I think a lot of potential is there for them, and I think that's why they'll take Coro at nine. At nine, I have Precious Achua from Memphis. Um, his stock's definitely risen once James Wiseman left. He was basically the centerpiece of that Memphis offense. Um, he's definitely the most versatile big in the draft. Um, Memphis actually lists him as a small forward, which is uh, crazy. But I think he's a power forward slash center. But definitely um, the Wizards need a little back backcourt help. Front court help, I'm sorry. Um, e. Mahimi is uh, below an, a below-average starting center, and definitely Precious is the most versatile and can play multiple positions for the Wizards. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I mean, I think that lacks a lot at the center, like I said. And um, at number uh, 10, I have the Suns selecting Precious right, right here, as you said. Um I think, like you said, his stock's risen a ton since James Wiseman left Memphis, and um, he was definitely the main focus of this team. Um, I do agree. I think he's more of a power forward, but uh, he can definitely play uh, three through five on the court. And um, I just think the Suns need, uh, a, like, a four that can, like, do it all. And um, they have Aiden. I mean, obviously Aiden was suspended half the year. Um, but um, – I mean, I think Precious and him can make a very good and young duo, as well as Devin Booker and their guard play. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's the best player 
in my board right here. So I think that's why I have him going at 10. Number 10, the Suns. I have uh, Tyrese Halliburton. You guys know um, he's my favorite college basketball player this past season. Um, the Suns need a playmaker alongside Devin Booker. Um, Ricky Rubio, his contract is expiring soon, and um, I think he was just a bridge. Tyrese Halliburton is the best passer, and I mean the best passer in the draft. Um, so I think he would definitely be a good backcourt partner alongside Devin Booker, which they need. Yeah, and um, I think Halliburton's definitely a top top a lottery pick, in my opinion, and um, that's why I have him going here at 11, and I have him going to the Spurs. Um, I think the Spurs, they need a lot of things. Um, they're very uh, – they're like a mixed team. I think I think they're mostly experienced, but they do have a couple young pieces, and um, I think they need a star guard. I mean, they have Derek White, and um, he's, a, he's a good player, but um, I just don't think – He's the he's the point guard of the future for this first team, and I think I think Halliburton can be that guy. I mean, like you said, he's probably one of the best passers in college basketball, and he's a very good player. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does in the NBA, regardless of where he goes. But um, I think 11 at the Spurs is probably the best place for him. At 11, I have Cole Anthony here. Um, you you guys might think this is a little low. I think his stock has uh, dropped a little because of his injury, and. He definitely didn't show that he had trust in his teammates once he came back. Um, I think he'd definitely benefit from a coach like Greg Popovich and uh, with DeMar DeRozan most likely declining his uh, option next year, I think they need more scoring, especially with LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills, which is which rounds out the top three, getting old. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, they definitely need a guard and they need someone that can score. And I think – I think you have Cole Anthony a little too low, in my opinion. But, um, I mean, no question he's a lottery pick. But um, I think his stock has decreased by his injury. But I think one of these top teams will probably take a stab at him. And that's just my opinion. But um, moving on to number 12, I have the Sacramento Kings selecting RJ Hampton uh, out of New Zealand Breakers. Um, him and Lamella Ball were two guys that were maybe going to go to college, but they decided to take the overseas path, which kind of, like, sparked – all these people going to the G League and stuff like that. And that's my opinion, but it's been happening for a while now. Um, RJ Hampton is a very good player. I mean, I saw a lot of his high school highlights, and I, I haven't seen a lot of him uh, in Australia. But um, I remember he's a very explosive player, and he, he can he can do it all. I mean, the Kings have the Air Fox, and um, I think him and RJ Hampton can be a very good uh, backcourt duo. And um, I'm excited to see where he goes because he's a very good player regardless of where he goes. Yeah, I also had RJ Hampton here. And the Kings look like they're going to be lacking a little at that um, position. Harrison Barnes, yeah, he's all right. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich is definitely going to get a huge payday next year. So definitely RJ Hampton will help score, add another scoring option for the Kings. Yeah, and um, coming to 13, I have the New Orleans Pelicans selecting – Alekshev uh, Pokuveski, I think that's how you say it, uh, forward out of Olympi, Olympiakos. Um, I've never really heard of this guy before until looking at mock drafts and watching his highlights, but um, I think this guy's a very good player. Um, there's a lot of controversy on whether he was going to be eligible or not, but um, I'm pretty sure that he will be eligible for the draft. And um, the Pelicans just need a lot more um, – potential for their team because they're a very young and upcoming team and um I think this is another piece that they can use and um 
he's a very good player. I mean, like I said, I've never seen him actually play uh, in real life before. I've just watched his highlights. But um, looking at his highlights, he's a four, but he can like he can shoot. He can do a lot of things. And um, yeah, I mean, I think this is just the best fit for the Pelicans here at thirteen. Yeah, definitely. I had him as well. Um, this is a guy that, that Pelicans have had an eye on the past couple of years. So I think this is a great fit, especially if the Pelicans want him this badly. Um, almost all mock drafts actually have him going here to the Pelicans. So I think this is a great fit. Yeah. And like I said, this just brings another piece to this young and upcoming Pelicans team. And um, I think they'll be a, they'll be a contender. Uh, they'll be in the playoffs for sure in the next couple of years, considering how young they are. And I think it's a very scary team in the future. Um, coming in at 14, I have the Portland Trailblazers selecting Jaden McDaniels uh, forward out of Washington. Um, I think Jaden McDaniels is a very good player, and um, it was unfortunate that he, got, that he got benched by his coach halfway through the year. But um, I think Trailblazers definitely need a forward, and they need someone that can play defense. And I think Jaden McDaniels is definitely that guy. I mean, he's known more for his defense than he is his scoring, in my opinion. And um, I think the Trailblazers are very lacking a forward. I think Mo Harkless is probably their best forward. And sure, he's a starter, but I don't think he's very good. And um, I mean, they also had Melo. I mean, I completely forgot about that. But um, yeah, I, I just think they need a forward. And I think Jaden McDaniels is probably the best defensive-minded forward here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also had Jalen McDaniels here going to the Blazers. Um, the Blazers actually have the fourth worst offense, uh, defense in the league this year. And Jalen McDaniels, like you said, he's one of the better defenders in this draft. And he's just too talented to get passed up on. Um, yeah, he might have gotten benched at Washington, might have led the Pac-12 in technical fouls, but he's just too talented to get passed up on. Yeah, and um, I think a lot of these scouts have seen that he's too talented to get passed up on. Um Everyone has him higher than his co-partner, Isaiah Stewart. And um, I think there's no question that he's probably the more NBA-ready player than Isaiah Stewart is. But um, they both they both get drafted in the first round, in my opinion. But um, I just think Jaden McDaniels is probably the better player. Definitely. All right. Um, coming in at 15, uh, I have the Orlando Magic taking Tyrese Maxey, uh, guard out of Kentucky. Um, you might be wondering, why would you pick him here? Um, I still think he's a first-round pick, regardless of how much his stock has dropped, probably. Um, I remember the first game of the season, they played Michigan State, and he went off. And I think a lot of scouts caught eye of that. And I know he didn't really have a very good season at Kentucky, uh, but it was his freshman season, and he has a ton of potential. And regardless, I, I think he's NBA-ready, and I think he's definitely a first-round pick. And um, the Magic need a lot of things, and they're kind of on the borderline of the playoffs uh, every year. And um, I think if they just keep getting pieces, I think they'll be a very good team for the future. And I think Tyrese Maxey's probably that next point guard for them. I mean, they have DJ Augustine starting right now, and um, sure, he's he's good, but he's getting old. So um, I just think they need a new, young, and upcoming guard for their future. For number 15 to the Magic, I got Aaron Naismith of Vanderbilt. Um, Magic, they always have a great defense every year, but they cannot score. Aaron Naismith, one of the better scorers in this draft, and incredible 52 in the games he did play this season, 52% three-point percentage, and he took nine threes a game, so that's really impressive. And with Evan Fournier having a decision to uh, um, decline his contract or not, um, definitely I think Aaron Naismith will indeed be a great score for this Magic team. Yeah, and the, like I said, the Magic need a lot of things, so um, 
I think anything works for them. And a couple of steps away, and they'll probably be playoff bound. I mean, they were the AT a couple of years ago, and they had a early exit to the Raptors. But um, yeah, I, I mean, they're still a very young team, so um, I'm excited to see what they do. All right, uh, coming in at number 16, uh, I have the Timberwolves selecting Aaron Naismith here, uh, forward out of Vanderbilt. Um, like you said, he's a very good scorer, and I just think the Timberwolves need another scorer for their team. Sure, they have Cat. Sure, they have Danza Russell. But um, I think if they bring in Aaron Nesmith, that just brings another piece of scoring to this team. Um, they do have Jared Culver, so at, I don't know if Nesmith will probably play on the bench to start. But, um, I mean, the Timberwolves are going to have two top 20 picks. So um, they can do a lot of things with those. And um, I had them taking Anthony Edwards early. So um, I think those two mesh really well. And I just think that brings a ton of depth to a Timberwolves team looking to try and make the playoffs uh, for the first time in a couple of years. Number six. Uh, is this 16? 16. 16. Yeah. Um, I have Sadiq Bey of Villanova going to the Wolves. Um, Sadiq Bey is definitely a late riser. Um, um, I think they need another role player especially if they're taking, in my opinion, the mellow ball. Um, they have also D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and um, Jerry Culver. And definitely Sadiq Bey will be a terrific 3 and D guy in Minnesota. Yeah, and um, Sadiq Bey, like you said, he's, he's kind of a late bloomer. But um, he's, still, he's still very young. And um, I was kind of surprised that he went to the draft. I thought he was going to stay back another year. But, um, I mean, regardless, he's definitely NBA ready. And um, – with that being said, at 17, I have the Boston Celtics selecting Sadiq Bey here. Um, the Celtics definitely need a forward. That's no question. And um, I think Sadiq Bey is probably that guy. I mean, he's very defensive-minded, if you ask me. He's not that well-known for his scoring. But um, he has a ton of potential, and I think he can do a lot of good things for the Celtics team. And sure, they have Tatum there, but um, I think Sadiq Bey can definitely learn a lot from Tatum. And I think he'd be a very good player in the NBA. At number 17, I have the Celtics driving Tyrese Maxey, Kentucky. Um, I'm just going with this because uh, he's probably the best available. Um, there's not really – Celtics need a big, but there's not really a big they could draft in this area. They're kind of in the no-man's land for bigs in this. So I have them just taking the best player available in Tyrese Maxey here. Yeah, and like I said earlier, the Celtics probably will have three first-round draft picks. So, I mean, they can obviously get a win now and – uh, best available for their team, but um, I think they'd probably take a stab at a uh, front court guy early. But um, I mean, we'll see what they do when the draft actually happens. Um, coming in at 18, I have the Dallas Mavericks selecting Nico Mannion, guard out of Arizona. Um, I think the Mavericks need a lot of things, but um, I just think they need a lot of depth to this team because they're not very deep into their bench. Um, I think Nico Mannion's a very good backup guard. Um, for this Mavericks team. And J.J. Barea was the starting guard for most of the year. So I think he definitely uh, beat him out of the spot. And um, I know Luka also does play guard, but um, they can definitely switch him around where he plays. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like this Mavericks team coming into next year, and I think they have a very good future ahead of them. Yeah. Um, I, at, the, at 18, I have the Mavs taking a Devin Vassell of Florida State. Um, they definitely need more – uh, NBA-ready rotation players, and he's a great two-way player. He could shoot the three. He could defend. Just a good 3 and D two-way player that they need to win now. Yeah, and no question the Mavs need someone to win now, and so do the Bucks, who have the next pick at 19. 
Um, at 19, I have the Bucks selecting Vassal, like you said, uh, forward out of Florida State. Um, I mean, like the Mavericks, the Bucks need more win-now guys because the Bucks are definitely um, – they're definitely conference finals bound, like, for the next couple of years, considering they have Giannis, who is probably a top-five player in the league, uh, if you ask me. Um, I just think they need all-around depth for this team. Like I said, I think Vassal's probably the best guy available for them to select, so that's why I have him here at 19. Um, at 19, I have the book selecting Leonardo Balmero, um, FC Barcelona. Um, they definitely need shooting because we all know Giannis cannot shoot. Uh, Wesley Matthews, he's getting old. George Hill, he's, yeah, 48% this year, but I don't think he's going to shoot as well as 48% next year. And um, Balmero can definitely shoot in spurts. And that's what they need, definitely. Yeah. Um, I have Bomero going a little bit later, um, but I still think he's a very good player. Uh, I've never seen him actually play before. I've just seen highlights. With a lot of these overseas players, I've just seen their highlights. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what the Bucks do and uh, who they take. Um, at number 20, I have the Brooklyn Nets taking Josh Green uh, forward at Arizona. Um I think at this point, Josh Green's probably the best player here. Um, sure, Patrick Williams is probably – him and Josh Green are probably the best two available at this point in the draft. And um, I just think the Nets need a lot of depth. Um, they don't really have a backup to Kevin Durant. So um, I think Josh Green can definitely fill that role in very nicely. I mean, they do have Demary Carroll, but he's getting pretty old. And um, he can definitely be interchangeable. So, um, yeah, I think Josh Green will go at 20 to the Nets. Um. At 20 to the Nets, I have them selecting Patrick Williams of Florida State. Um, definitely, I, I could have seen Josh Green go here, but I think Patrick Williams is a little more um, NBA-ready, especially the way how Josh Green played this season. Um, so I think Patrick Williams is a great fit here. He definitely has offers two, two-way potential um, and a good shot. Yeah, and uh, we have them interchangeable. Um, at 21, I have the Nuggets selecting Patrick Williams. Um, yeah, I think I think he might be a little more NBA ready, but he is older when compared to Josh Green, and I think a team probably going to take that potential rather than someone who's been in the college for a couple of years. Um, Patrick Williams is still a very good player, don't get me wrong, but, um, I mean, he has a little more experience in college, and um, he's still a first-round uh, pick in my opinion. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Nuggets need a lot of things. They just need a lot of depth to this team, and I think Patrick Williams can definitely bring that. And like you said, he's a very good two-way player for that team. Yeah, um, Nuggets, I have them setting Josh Green, like you said. We flip-flopped a little. Um, they, with Paul Millsap, we don't know what's up with him. Um, they definitely need a, another versatile guy, and Josh Green offers that. Um, just needs to work on his shot a little more, and he'll be a great player. Yeah, and um, coming in at 22, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers selecting – Theo Maldon, uh, guard at a ASVEL. I have no idea what that stands for, but um, I don't know. You, you might have to look that up to see if what that stands for because I have no idea. Um, Theo, I've heard a lot about him. Um, earlier this year, um, he was projected to go a lot higher, but um, his stock fell down because a lot of people have risen up in stock after the college basketball season is concluded. Um, Theo's still a very good player. Um, I don't know much about him, but um, I know he's a very good shooter and he can slash the ball and 
is a very good passer, like all guards should be. And um, I think the Sixers need a little guard depth for this team. And uh, I think Theo is probably the best guard available in my board. Um, Leo Leonardo Balmero is probably another good option, but um, I just think Theo is a better player than Leonardo Balmero is. Um, at number 20 here, I have the Sixers taking Nico Mannion, Arizona. Um, he's a bit of a tough one. He could go anywhere from 10 to 20, even lower maybe. Um, I think he was he's the best player available at 20, and I have the Sixers taking him, especially if um, they need help at point guard next year. It's very interesting. You have back-to-back Arizona selections at 21 and 22, so um, very interesting. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna judge. All right. Uh, coming at 23, I had the Miami Heat selecting Isaiah Stewart, uh, forward out of Washington. Um, the Heat definitely need a backup big. I mean, they have Bam Adebayo, who is a very good and up-and-coming player, and uh, I just think they need someone to back him up. I mean, or even start because I think Kelly Olynyk's probably the next best forward uh, forward that they have, and um, I think Isaiah Stewart's probably the best one available. Um, I know you have Jalen Smith, who you can talk about a little bit later, but um, I just think Isaiah Stewart's probably a little bit more NBA-ready than Jalen Smith is. But um, I, could, I could definitely see both going here at 23 to the Heat. Um, yeah, I, I, like you said, I have Jalen Smith from Maryland going here. He, he, he kind of gives me shades of Bam Adebayo, and that's why I put, them, I put him here. Yeah, and um, yeah, I definitely see that. I mean, Jalen Smith is a very good player, and I, I have him – going a little bit later, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to get drafted in the first round. No questions there. But, um, yeah, moving on. Uh, at 24, I have the Jazz selecting Leonardo Balmaro here. Uh, he's a guard at the FC Barcelona. Uh, he's another overseas player. Uh, like I said, I have never watched him live, but I've only seen his highlights. And he's a very good three-point shooter. And I just think the Jazz need a little more depth to – their guard play. I mean, they have Donovan Mitchell, and um, they don't really have anyone else. So um, I think Leonardo Bomero can definitely learn a lot from him and be a backup and maybe move up the ranks in the near future. Um, to the Jazz, I have a Theo Maldone. Um, like you said, of ASVL. Um, the Jazz definitely need a future point guard with Mike Conley getting old, and he's definitely a good passer and good playmaker that they need. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of these people are – they're ranged in a lot of different places, and we just we just make our best interest on where these people might go. Um, with that being said, at 25, I have the OKC Thunder selecting Kira Lewis Jr., guard at Alabama. Um, I know you have him a little bit later, but um, I, think, I think after watching him, I think the Thunder need him. Um, they do have Chris Paul, and I think Kira Lewis Jr. can back him up and learn a lot from him. Uh, Kira Lewis Jr. is a very uh, scoring-minded guard. Um, he averaged about 18 points a game his freshman year, and he's only 19. And um, he has a ton of potential, and I think he can learn a lot from Chris Paul and even Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, and I just think the Thunder will probably take him because he can definitely do a lot of good things in the near future for him, for the Thunder. Yeah, um, I went with another young guy. I went with Jemias Ramsey out of Texas Tech here. Um, like you said, they, they seem like they're both the same player, but Ramsey, is, he's, he's crazy explosive, and he just offers a high, high ceiling, and that's what I, I think the Thunder can't pass up on that. 
Yeah, and um, I have him going a little bit later, but um, we kind of flip-flopped our young star potential guys. But, um, yeah, don't get me wrong, Jamarius Ramsey's still a very good player. And, um, I mean, he's, gonna be, he's probably going to be first round. But um, I just don't have him going as high as you do. Um, at 26, however, I have the Boston Celtics selecting Jalen Smith, uh, forward out of Maryland. Uh, we kind of talked about him a little bit more, but um, I definitely do see flashes of him and Bam Adebayo. And the Celtics need a big man. I know they got Sadiq Bey, but he's not really that big compared to Jalen Smith. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think he brings a good presence to this team. And in the near future, I could see him starting for the Celtics if they select him. But um, we'll have to see what happens in the real draft. Um, for the Celtics, I have them taking Zika Naji here out of Arizona. Um, Zika Naji has been continuously improving, and he's going to continue to improve here on the Celtics. Like you said, they need a little help at the um, front court, like rebounder. And um, Zika Naji um, offers that. And he's, like like I said, he's improving, and I think he's just going to keep improving. Yeah, he's a very good person. And, um, yeah, I mean, I have him a little bit later, but um, he's still first round worthy, in my opinion. Um, however, coming in at number 27, I have the New York Knicks selecting Brandon Carey Jr. here, uh, forward out of Duke. Um, he was a very good player this year. I mean, he was All-American second team. He had about 18 points a game and eight rebounds. Um, I mean, he's only a freshman, so he's about 19 years old, and he has a ton of potential left. And, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do and where he's going to go because, regardless, he's a very explosive player. And I think the, I think he can learn a lot from Julius Randle if he decides to stay at New York. And um, I think him and Cole Anthony could be a very dynamic duo along with R.J. Barrett in the next couple of years for these Knicks. And, um, yeah, I hope they take Brandon Carey because that would be pretty cool to see. Yeah, um, here I had another big – I had Isaiah Stewart here. Um, the Knicks are the Knicks. Um, they're a struggling franchise. They just need building blocks. And Isaiah Stewart is going to be another building block. That's all I have to say on the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, they definitely need building blocks. But, um, I mean, they could take anyone and he'd probably play for the Knicks considering how bad they are. Um, no disrespect to Knicks fans, but um, you get you guys aren't that good. Um, moving, sorry, sorry, Knicks fans, but um, that's just the true hard reality. But that that is coming from a Celtics fan, so um, that that could be a little biased. Uh, coming in at number twenty-eight, however, I have the Toronto Raptors selecting Zeke Nanaj, uh, forward out of Arizona. Um, like you said, he's kind of a late bloomer as well, but um, he's still a very good player and he has a ton of potential. Um, he's not as big as some of these other guys, but, um, he can still rebound the ball, uh, very well. And, um, I think that's probably one of the best aspects of his game. And, um, the Raptors do have Pascal Siakam, but they do have a very old Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka. So, um, I think they need a forward more than anything. And, um, I just think Zeke's pro- and the Naj is probably the best guy here for them. Um, here I have Vernon Carey Jr. at Duke. Um, like you said, Marcus on Sergi Bucket, they're only getting older, but they're also going to hit free agency. And I can see them going to chase a ring anytime. Um, like right now, they're going to try and ring chase. Um, but um, Vernon Carey Jr., the, the best big left, first round worthy left. And that's why I have him going to the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, they already have a ring, but um, still, I could definitely see them trying to go get another one. I could also see them trying to get their bag, and they might stay, but um, we'll see what happens when free agency hits. 
which hopefully does not get delayed. I'd be pretty sad if that does get delayed because that's one of my favorite times of the year. But, uh, yeah, uh, at 29, I have the Los Angeles Lakers selecting Trey Jones, uh, guard out of Duke. Um, it's no question that Los Angeles needs a guard. I mean, they're very dominant in every other position. I mean, they have LeBron, they have AD, who are two of the top ten players in the league. And um, I think they definitely need a guard because they definitely lack it. Um, they had Lonzo Ball as probably their up-and-coming guard, but they did trade him away in the Anthony Davis trade. And uh, I think Trey Jones is the next NBA-ready guard for this Lakers team. And um, he's a very good passer, and he's a very good defensive player. And I think that's exactly what the Lakers need here at 29. At 29, I have a, a completely different style of guard, Kira Lewis Jr., um, Alabama. You know, he's pretty young. I think he could learn a couple things from Rondo. Um, definitely a guy you could – stash in the G League, just like um, Taylor Horn Tucker, their first-round pick or second-round pick from last year. Um, so I think the Lakers, they're going to stash more guys for a future. Yeah, and they definitely need to, considering age on LeBron is getting pretty old. But um, he's still churning, so uh, we'll see what happens with him. And uh, the last pick of the first round uh, is the Boston Celtics again at number 30. And uh, here I have them taking, taking Jameerius Ramsey, uh, guarded at Texas Tech. Um, you have him like five spots higher, but uh, I just think the Celtics, I think he's too good to be passed up by the Celtics team. And he's a very young guard, like here Lewis is. And um, he just has a ton of potential and he's very explosive. And um, it depends on Kemba Walker. And he can, I think he could definitely learn a lot from Kemba Walker. And he can, he can be a very good guard in the future. And um, yeah, I'm like, regardless, I'm excited to see where he goes. But um, I think he'll not be passed up at number 30 by the Celtics. Um, last pick of the draft for me with the Celtics, I have Trey Jones Duke going here. Um, the Celtics definitely need a backup point guard. Uh, Brad Watermaker can only do so much. <laughs> he's, he's, he has his moments. <laughs> um, Trey Jones, he's definitely NBA ready. Uh, he could definitely fill in a backup point guard role right away. Um, he's, he's a better shooter than Brad Watermaker and a better passer as well. So I like to see Dre Jones slide all the way down to the Celtics. With the yeah, line. and um, if he does slide down, that's a very good steal from the Celtics here at number 30. And uh, Brad Wanamaker is a very good guard, don't get me wrong, but um, they just need a lot more depth on that team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this was our first round of the mock draft uh, 1.0. Uh, we'll definitely have a couple more coming as we find more about the draft lottery and the combine because, like I said, that definitely improves and takes away from people's stocks. And we could definitely see some players that we might have had projected going second round move up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens in mock draft 2.0. Yeah, this was definitely exciting to make. It was really hard to make, too, especially although this is a, a, a fairly weak draft, there's just a ton of guys in the second round that have so much potential to move up to the first round. So I was, it was fun making this. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually really difficult. I mean, we thought it was both going to be pretty easy, but um, after looking at what teams need and at looking at who best fits where, it's actually pretty hard to do. But, um, I mean, yeah, once we find out more details about stuff, then uh, I think it'll be a little bit easier. But um, we're, tr we're trying to go to 100% on our, on our real mocks to the real drafts. So uh, we'll have a little friendly contest there. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you guys for watching. 
Yeah, thank you guys for watching. Um, if there's any if there's any opinions and suggestions that you want us to um, do in these episodes, um, our Instagram and Twitter is right here at our, the RTM underscore podcast. Um, we'll definitely respond to your messages if you have requests on what we do. Um, but we still have a ton of stuff that we have to talk about in the upcoming future, such as the eligibility um, decision made by the NCAA. And we can also talk about college athletes sort of finally getting paid. But, um, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed and uh, hope you stay tuned for the next one. And uh, take care. Yeah, um, we, one final thing. We also have a Spotify for, for you guys that can't look at our videos on Instagram. All you have to do is search up Road to Madness podcast. Um, follow us, of course. And, yeah, you guys can listen there as well. Um, it's always March. Yeah, but it's always March. And yeah, thank you guys for watching.